you are listening to Life in Lockdown with me, Jasmine Allen. Episode 4, Nina. It's Thursday the 30th of April, last day of April 2020, and it's just gone 3pm. And this afternoon, uh, I'm really pleased that my sister is joining me, Nina. Hey, Sissy Pops. Hello. How you doing? Uh, okay, yes. <laughs> nice to uh, talk to you. Yeah, and you. Um, you've been self-isolating at home with your husband Robin for some time now, haven't you? Do you know how long it's been? Uh, it's been longer than the, is it five weeks? Longer than five weeks. We started isolating just before the actual official lockdown took place um, because it was clear that was what was coming. Yeah, and you, you're both, um, one way or another, in a kind of high-risk category, aren't you? Yes. Do you want to yeah. explain a bit why that is? Um, I could try. Uh, so I'm in the uh, sort of vulnerable category uh, because of uh, a couple of health conditions that I have. I have several. Do you want to say a little bit about what they are? Um, so I have an autoimmune condition um, called systemic lupus erythematosus. Um, it's an illness where it uh, have an overactive immune system that when um, it can flare up and become active in my body and attack my own body, such as organs and things like that. So that puts me in the more vulnerable category um, because I imagine if I caught this uh, COVID, my uh, immune system might respond rather dramatically in comparison perhaps to somebody who is healthy. Yeah, and that we know that because, you know, when you get a cold and or, or flu, you can be really ill, can't you, for a long time? Yes, simple illnesses that uh, people recovering from a cold in two days, say, say I can spend a week or more recovering from something. Um, so it's a lot longer recovery time for for me than it is for others. And how how's your health at the moment? How are you how are you doing? Um at the moment uh I am at a medium level in my health. Um obviously uh lockdown has um caused lots of anxieties amongst all of us and um that anxiety definitely came about just as this uh began uh well when it reached our country um and stress doesn't help any illness and i've got other illnesses as well as the lupus um but my it's uh i am um more housebound but i'm able to get out sometimes when the lockdown is not <laughs> in place um yeah Yes. So staying at home for a quite a long period of time is something that you're fairly used to, isn't it? Um, but you must mm-hmm. be missing your trips out um, to see people and, and to do things. Um, yeah, this is probably one of the longest you've been without going anywhere, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Yes. So I spend a lot of time at home uh, resting because of my illnesses um, are... Uh, uh, quite quite difficult um, and limiting to everyday life 
Um, it's very isolating. Um, yes. So in some ways, you're more used to this than the rest of us. Yeah. And how does that feel that the rest of the world is is suddenly living a, a little bit more your reality? And I don't mean, you know, struggling with, with some of the things that you struggle with, but in terms of being at home more and, and, and not able to, to go out and they might feel frustrated. Mm. So I think this is uh, a an amazing, difficult time for everybody. Uh, but it's also a time where... Uh, people might be able to understand what it's like for the uh, the elderly who are in homes, the uh, people with chronic health conditions who are stuck indoors, bed-bound, house-bound, um, an idea that they, they might sort of experience now the anxieties and the uh, vulnerability um, to what it's really like to be stuck in four walls at home and not be able to get out, although people are still able to get their exercise. Yeah. Um, unlike many with ill conditions um, that do struggle to get out. Mm. Yeah, and that fear of getting ill, which you have a lot, I, I know, and you know, we as family members stay away from you if we're unwell because we don't want to give you anything. And um, mm. But suddenly everyone is also at risk in terms of going to the supermarket or, or being outside if they come across the illness yes the, the thing I've noticed this and you'll be really pleased about this is that um the pace of my life has slowed down a little bit I can imagine for you it's a, a big difference because you're always saying about how busy and fast I am yes definitely I think um, nowadays people are absorbed uh, in their work, in their daily life, in their social network and one thing, another thing. I don't think many people take time out or enough time out, although uh, people try meditation, mindfulness and things like going to the spa <laughs> and uh, people find uh, that sort of uh, way to take a, a break um, of life when uh, it's really rushed around, but that's completely different for people uh, with chronic health conditions. Not to say that time passes any uh, faster or slower, really. Mm. Mm. So how has the five weeks, has the five weeks felt long or slow or neither? Has it just felt quite normal? Uh, it's felt very normal for me. Um, kind of lost track of time though because even routines for me have changed because despite being mostly housebound I can still go out sometimes um, it um, you know routine has has changed a lot um, yes my husband Robin is caring for me instead of my previous carer who's now on furlough um, mm -hmm. due to uh, the stress and the risk but of course that's uh, he's still working so that's put a lot of pressure on us yeah as well and that must have been challenging are you missing mm. your carer coming in having because that was your main contact really wasn't it with other people <laughs> yes yeah um I mean I myself struggle um, 
with online sort of screens uh, communicating talking like this is, is brilliant it's uh, it's much easier for me although sometimes I do get a lot of brain fog but this is much easier than reading a message and trying to reply because of my sensitivity to screens um, but people are online so much more now it's uh, people are communicating with each other far more than ever before when you think I imagine lots of people are on WhatsApp and Facebook and if you compare the amount of messages you're getting, no doubt, to what it was like before lockdown and what it's like now, mine has just gone skyrocketing high. I had to turn off notifications because it was so intense. But it's nice to see everybody talking with one another. Mm. So who is that? Because I don't think that's me. I think we're speaking maybe the same as we would normally. Yeah, I think we are. But other things, social groups, new home groups... Uh, one of them as I go to church or try to go to church on Sunday uh, and um, they're now doing online sort of chatting and online live church and things like that uh, which is a transformation and of course lots of people who were working are no longer work working and all those chats are becoming much more lively. So that's made it quite difficult for you to kind of keep up, has it? I don't know, it's, it's difficult. To, now is a nice excuse for people to stop and think and really remember their friends and take a step back and go, oh, I haven't spoken to that person for such a long time. Now's the mm. biggest excuse to go, oh, they're probably not working or let's see if I can contact them right now. <laughs> they might be free. Well, that's what I've been doing, yeah. <laughs> but you said uh, I think I didn't answer your question. I don't think you said what's it like without my carer. Yeah, um, I mean I've had her working for me for uh, four years, um, and she's lovely. She's been a happy beam of light every day, coming coming to me, or five five days a week. Um, and yeah, she's she's lovely. Um, so I do miss her, and she probably is my apart from my husband Robin, obviously. Um, my main uh, other person that I see most of the time. Um, yes. Do you have a sense when she may come back? Um, not really. No. It's hard knowing what the government will really do. Mm. How long they'll extend the furlough period? If they will do it again, I don't know. She she might be able to come back sooner. Um, and yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But you want it to be safer? Definitely. I spoke to you and your husband, Robin, um, in the early weeks when we were fastly learning every day how bad uh, the situation was and, and you were both really anxious um, and you were watching yes. the news a lot and doing a lot of research. Mm. Have you? Are you still watching the daily updates or have you calmed that down a bit? At first, for, I don't know, the first two or three, maybe even the fourth week, we were really watching the daily daily updates when we could. Um, yes, it was just really saddening and really um, emphasised or, I don't know, caused more anxiety. Um, so uh, we have settled that now. I don't really watch that 
that now, but I have the BBC uh, news app and get to see the highlights of what's still going on and to be cautious and aware. And have a lot of your friends who, who suffer with um, various health problems, um, or I should say live with various health problems, are they have they found that quite difficult um, or of the news? I definitely know some people who have been trying to ignore what's um, what's happening to help, um, I guess, avoid anxiety and hoping it will pass, I guess. So your carer w- would normally do some shopping and things for you um, and you're not able to, to go to the shop. Uh, so how are, you, mm. how are you getting your basic supplies? Um, well, because of my condition and my vulnerability, um, I have been put down as uh, one of the, the people entitled to the priority uh, slots on uh, supermarkets they're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that online? Online shopping. That's online. Yes, mm-hmm. online shopping. Uh, I've probably I think it's just two two shops I've made um, from supermarkets. Has that been keeping you going? Yes, that that and. Um, two of those supermarket shops, uh, but also the um, the government food box as well. Yeah. Oh, is that one of the kind of packages that they put together? Yes, a package. I imagine the local council is organising, distributing. Mm-hmm. Did you have to request that, or did they just deliver it to you automatically? Um, we had to register online. So in order to actually get the priority slots for supermarkets, we have to go via the same registration uh, online. Even though I'm on a priority slot, you can see uh, on Tesco's, which is where I shop, there'll be three weeks in advance that you can book your slot. But even for me, there's there's no slots. So it was once in a blue moon where I logged in and refreshed and one came up and I managed to click it. But uh, I'm seeing a Tesco vehicle outside, so I'm sure a neighbour here has been delighted to receive lots of food. So that's good. <laughs> well, that's lucky you got that slot. That's good. What was in the government yes. package, out of interest? Um, pasta, rice, everything that um, was short on the shelves that people were talking about. Toilet roll. It's very good little sort of small... Um, Appropriate sized things, tins of soups, all long life things, long life milk, yeah, um, and then uh, like long life fruit in tins, um, and a few fresh things like carrots and oranges and bread. Yes, yeah, it was very good. Yeah, like especially when it comes to um, not being able to get a Tesco uh, delivery slot um, and no option to get anything um, or go anywhere, um, having one of those government boxes was life-saving. And you've been um, at home with, with Robin and as we said, you, you, in some ways this isn't too different to your, your normal scenario, which is mostly being at home, but has your day-to-day changed? Have you got like a new routine or doing new things? Um, hmm. I mean, I've got a very strict routine um, and that really helps me manage my condition. Um, obviously, my care is not coming in. 
um, just trying to relax more. I think I'm going to start taking up a mindfulness course to help my anxiety because mm-hmm. despite not reading the news, just knowing all of this is um, definitely, well, definitely provokes anxiety and it's frightening, quite frightening. Yeah. Have you managed to speak to any neighbours or anything over the fence? Uh, not over the fence, no. Um, but um, we do know... Uh, oh, well, we went to do the uh, clap for carers on Thursday and wave along the street. <laughs> so, uh, with people's uh, uh, saucepans and such. <laughs> so that's nice, to see them well stepping out of their house and just say hello over the road. That's that's nice to see. So you you've been growing some things in the garden. You you have a, a nice little space out the back with, with a patio and a greenhouse, which is is quite nice, isn't it? Because especially since you can't go places, having that bit of outside space must be really nice. Uh, yes, we have some tomatoes growing, um, and I have a salad planter which uh, Robin bought for me for a birthday present last summer. And we finally got it up this year, and we've got wonderful salad appearing, salad leaves, and it's. Uh, I think we'll be might be cutting some of those today. Yummy! How are you keeping mm. the bugs off? Um, there's we've got like a net which you can mm. put over. Yes. So, yeah. Whereas the tomatoes, you can't really do that. So, in come the bugs. But uh, I think the tomatoes never really fail. So, <laughs> all's good. Well, you've got green fingers. You always have them. You're the only person <laughs> I know who can make plants out of avocado stones. <laughs> They're growing a bit too big at the moment. <laughs> what other jobs have you got on the go? I know you're doing a few other um, projects. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Tell us about your other projects that you've been doing because I've seen pictures of things. Ah, well... I like to knit and sew. Um, and you're an amazing knitter and an amazing sewer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so my latest knitting project, um, I had a, have a book that is called uh, Knit Your Own Dolls, uh, which uh, I wouldn't have thought I'd be doing something like this a few years ago. But uh, when it came to being reintroduced to my favourite doll that I had when I was younger, who was knitted. Um, oh, it sparked off my desire to want to replicate him. What was his name? Tom. Oh. <laughs> Tom, my lovely doll, yes. Why did you call him a boy's name? Because he is a boy. <laughs> That's quite unusual, isn't it, to have, like, a boy doll? You were quite a girly girl. Um, yeah, so I had girly girls as well, didn't I? I had Jennifer. Um, Tom but Tom, Tom was special, really special. And yeah. whoever knitted him was very, very special. So thank you out there for my Tom, but I don't think they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but so, the latest thing there is uh, I was knitting clothes because this, uh, this Knit Your Own Dolls book has uh, sort of the same template, as it were, for the main doll and all sorts of different clothes so I thought to myself I would knit a nurse so so I've got a nurse's uniform coming out with NHS written on it. Nice. Yes. 
Yes. So that's my latest project. <laughs> and you've you've also been restoring the family dollhouse, haven't you? Oh yes, yes. I forgot about that. Yes, I have. Um, we pulled that out of a loft recently, uh, and it had had a hard life. I think it was quite uh, old and run down, and it's getting uh, redone with new fabric uh, on the furniture, which is nice. Which uh, Granddad made us and Nana. Yeah, you're doing a really fantastic job. This was a doll's house that our Nana and Granddad uh, made us. And not only did they make the doll's house and all the furniture and sew all the curtains and everything in it, but there was also these tiny little knitted figures of each one of us, wasn't there? And like yes. miniature fo family photographs on the walls yes. and stuff. So it's quite a special mm -hmm. doll's house. And uh, my brother and I are very delighted that it's in Nina's hands now because she's um, replacing moth-eating fabric with new fabric and slowly cleaning and I mean you had stuff in the freezer right? You're doing something <laughs> like a, I mean we yeah. did museum conservation on it I think. <laughs> well we found it had uh, been attacked by moths and all these moth eggs were laid uh, in uh, what was uh, sort of rugs and some of the clothing of our younger brother um <laughs> jay had been eaten by moth eggs and moths had come along and so i picked him up and all these little eggs were falling out it's rather horrifying so yes we googled how to uh take away <laughs> how to kill moth eggs or prevent them from hatching and uh, apparently you freeze them so we froze them for a very long time in some tupperware and out they came and a little shake and everything's just lovely. <laughs> but, of course, all the holes are still there. So, yes, things are... Um, I'm choosing nice new fabric and retouching up things that need a little bit of love. That's great. Yeah, mm. thank you it's for quite doing fun. that. Because I know it's really time-consuming. Um, mm. And it's not just about the time, but, like, no one else in our family has the skills to do that. Mm. Cool. And what are, you, what are you most looking forward to about um, lockdown being over? Uh, oh, I cannot wait to get outside and see friends and um, just go to somewhere beautiful with, with friends and family. I think that's it. But, say, I mentioned that I go to church and uh, we had... A friend say they couldn't wait for for the lockdown to close and everybody get back together and that they'd give us a big old squeeze and I thought to myself oh I've got to go to church in PPE <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of horrifying <laughs> church online is probably quite good for you because you don't have to go anywhere I mean as long yeah. as you can turn the screen off maybe radio church is is the thing for you well hopefully um they will continue uh, doing it I mean obviously having a video there you feel more together I mean have they have a live chat at the same time but uh, it's very helpful for when I'm too poorly to go to church on a Sunday which is happening quite a lot has it been difficult to get your medication during lockdown uh no because I have been able to um have my medicine delivered so that is also set up uh, through the government scheme 
uh, people who need to do that. So that's that's been okay, although I have been having help put prescriptions in. So. But I'm sure there's a way that we could do that by telephone though, I imagine. Yeah, so there's a good support. The, the local council and, and the government have, have put in, you think, good good provisions in, in place for vulnerable people like you. Yeah, they have, but um, but many people um, who are unwell and probably at the similar severity of my health condition daily are not on the priority list, which is very difficult for them, uh, which is worrying. Is that because they haven't got kind of the, the same medical proof or what's the reason for that um, they don't have the same medical conditions it's not autoimmune or if you if you go on the government there's a long list of uh, sort of things that put you in the uh, the vulnerable group that's it mm. and uh, there are people who are not in this group with different conditions but they too rely on uh, delivery uh, food deliveries uh, so because they're so fully booked, that is making things very difficult uh, for those people. Um, and of course, people who are chronically ill and housebound and many bedbound as well that just um, go unseen um, lack in a social network as well. Because, uh, say, when you become ill, um, you can have a social life and things can all fall apart very quickly because people are getting along with their busy lives uh, while they suddenly have a whole new world to live in. It's completely different, full of really difficult symptoms um, and restrictions um, that stop a normal life um, and the ability to do uh, things like go shopping. So what would you say to those of us who don't think about that enough and go about our busy lives day to day? What should we be um, doing to think about that more? Well, raising the awareness that there are many chronically ill people, housebound, lonely, uh, bedridden. I think it's important uh, that we acknowledge illnesses in our social networks for people we know um, and say if you haven't heard from someone for some time um, checking if they're okay you know um, sometimes we assume when we haven't heard from someone that they're they're getting on with their life but sometimes people's lives can ground to a halt unexpectedly uh, so just checking in uh, on everybody you know and also, if you hear someone in a difficult situation, trying to step in there and give a bit of time uh, to see if you can help. It's a really important message, I think, sis. Um, and I think it's really great, very brave and important that you're speaking today and that you let me record this conversation and, and hopefully mm -hmm. some people will listen to what you just mm -hmm. said. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to raise awareness uh, for Emmy otherwise known as chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, which I have, my husband has, and many other people. I actually met my husband through the chronic uh, fatigue ME support group that he runs, 
here in Norfolk and yes that's that's how I first met him it's wonderful um, but we there needs to be more awareness of uh, of this illness uh, which often goes unnoticed and understood uh, say you Jasmine have seen me grow up and uh, get this illness when I was 12 13 uh, and really suffer over all these years and find things extremely difficult um, but many people don't see the illness that's that's really affects that person's life day to day yeah so yeah. lots of love to everybody who is housebound um who need more love and hope you know um yeah and that they're sticking in there you know and uh, stay positive and enjoy what you can and make sure that somebody knows you're there yeah wise words sis wise words and uh you know i'm not very good at talking about these things um so yeah you you've said them really eloquently oh, that's good <laughs> we haven't talked much about robin but i take it he's okay and you guys are getting on how long have you been married now oh uh, it will be two years in September, so it's okay. over a year and a half. And he hasn't been able to leave the house and get away from you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's like that a lot of the time, because he works from home. But we get on really well, so <laughs> that's why we're married. <laughs> Good. Okay. It's been um, really nice talking to you, sis, and uh, sorry, Nina, for everyone else. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time when I know you're quite tired often in the afternoons and uh, mm. telling us what you think um, and giving us your perspective on lockdown. So thank mm -hmm. you for talking to me. You're welcome. It's lovely to uh, come and talk to you and raise awareness for illnesses and people at home. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, well, take care. I'll speak soon. Take care, sis. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Life in Lockdown was presented, recorded and edited by Jasmine Allen in Ely. The intro and outro music is taken from a song entitled There Will Come a Day by Emma Cooper.